0: I'm Reverend Al Sharpton, and you're listening to Conversations with Reverend Terry K. Anderson. Uh-uh. I'm here tonight with the best friend I have in this world, my brother, Dr. Ralph Douglas West, pastor of the Church Without Walls. West and I have been together. We've been chewing on the same onion for the last 45 years now. Uh, We knew each other when we first went to Bishop College. We were both 18 years old. You started preaching when? Uh, August 75. August 75. I started preaching November 1977. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember that. Pastor West used to uh, preach for me when I was in Eunice. Yes. And we were too poor for a hotel. He was staying in my mom and daddy's bed. I miss them. (laughs) That's how long we've been together. Yeah. Now, tell us about your early childhood. I know you're from Houston. And what part of Houston you're from, where you grew up, what church you grew up in?
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm a native Houstonian. Mm-hmm. First, thank you for, you know, the podcast mm-hmm. and those that are listening. Thank you for listening and tune in to the station regularly. Uh, Pastor Anderson I always have some good and exciting conversations. But I grew up in Houston, grew up in northeast Houston. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the Fifth Ward area. I was a member of Lounge Unity Missionary Baptist Church where O.C. Johnson Sr. Uh, was the pastor mm-hmm. and uh, stayed there my whole adult life, childhood to adult mm-hmm. life, there, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pastor Johnson baptized you at Pastor Johnson
1: you. baptized me, licensed me to preach, ordained me. Uh, to the ministry, married me (laughs) into (laughs) Sherita, installed me into my first church. So, yeah, yeah.
0: As I remember, you were asthmatic when you were growing up as a child. Uh, How how long did that last, or do you still suffer with that kind of— Only uh,
1: sporadically. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, you know, I've been reading through some of the um, ancestral religion, you know, Mm rabbit toes, black religion, invisible church, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and there are these uh, scenes of uh, spirituality in black people. And I remember my great-grandmother, when I had asthma, walked me to the backyard on our little house on Pixfast Street, stood me next to an oak tree and hammered a nail through my hair. (laughs) And she said, when you outgrow that nail, you'll outgrow your asthma. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much truth it was (laughs) to it, but uh, when I got older, I stopped suffering with asthma. (laughs) Uh, I think that was the the spirituality and the the genius of uh, our ancestral Mm -hmm. religion. I really do, when we were denied access to doctors and hospitalization, they leaned on what they believed. Mm-hmm. And so the church was so much a part of what, that, that shaped that kind of belief system, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: My, my, my preaching grew while your preaching went to meteoric heights. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just astronomical. You've always been that kind of preacher and I've always admired your preaching gift. Um, and many pastors have tried what you have done. You are the founding pastor of The yeah. Church Without Walls. Mm-hmm. And that looks easy until you get to do it. Uh, Like Tiger Woods picks up a golf club and everybody thinks that they can play golf just looking at Tiger Woods. (laughs) But uh, founding a church and then having that church to grow to the size that the Church Without Walls has grown to. Tell us something about your struggle in that area. You were at Mount Zion, Greater Mount Zion first. Yeah,
1: I was was at Greater Mount Zion, 835 West 23rd Street. That uh, building no longer exists now. But... I was there, and um, it, it, we just came to an impasse. Mm-hmm. And it was pr- basically over leadership. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go one direction. Uh, they wanted to go in another direction, or no
0: direction.
1: And that, <laughs> and I don't mean to be insulting to right. those that would listen to this. Right, um, And it's evident that they were comfortable. But I always believed in a city as large as Houston. And coming out of a church that had a strong evangelistic emphasis, I thought that— if a church had a 500 seats, you are supposed to have 501 people, right? And so that really became a, a, a real uh, struggle because new people caused problems. Mm-hmm. I can remember one meeting and they said to me, "We like you, you know, but we didn't call you here to bring all these other people here." I <laughs> knew I was going. I knew I was in trouble there, right. and so uh, that was really what. Made the decision that it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Now I never had um, any intentions of planning a church, and yet now that I look in the rearview mirror, Lounge Unity uh, split back in uh, the early '60s. Only mm-hmm. Holiday was there, and so when the, when the church burned down, I shouldn't say it split. There was no meeting place, so some people went, New Pleasant Grove became New Pleasant Grove, Mm -hmm. Loyal Baptist became Loyal Baptist, and then that small group that stayed became Lounge Unity. Mm And So, O.C. Johnson was at Mount Horum where uh, Sam Smith is. Mm -hmm. They called him from there to Lounge Unity. And we was in that little, probably remember before they built the educational building, that little white frame building, that was the church. And so uh, he came there, and so that that church grew. Then, when we were in college, we were at Floyd Harris, and mm-hmm. Floyd Harris Church was a planted church. Okay. So I'm thinking, in some ways, that uh, that became part of my pastoral DNA, mm-hmm. because I just never function well in too much structure. You know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> really you know, and, and people have. I think that's one of the things when folk talk about planning churches. You have to really be in touch with yourself to say, well, I just don't negotiate good with this group, that group. And then they say, but you have that group. I say, yeah, but the way my deacon ministry is designed, the way Mm -hmm. that the administration is designed, I'm not the person that's directly in conversation with them. And then you got to believe that you're in a a congregation that would give you the freedom to do that. Mm And what happens is people see that and they want to imitate that and, and then that's where trouble started. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like one friend of mine often says after he had preached for me a few times, he would say to uh, younger pastors who are very attracted to his preaching, he said, don't try to pastor your church like Ralph. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like tonight when you made your, your comment. Mm-hmm. Well, guys are hit that and they want to go back and right. say that, right. but they don't understand the relationship right. that you have right. with your entire congregation. That's right. So if their friend is sitting there and saying, mm-hmm. ah, "I can't believe that mm-hmm. he just said that's all,"
0: maybe <laughs> say having People fun. Right. There you go. Right.
1: But that comes out of years. of right. relationship. That's you right. Know? So. That's yeah.
0: right. I I don't I, I shouldn't say this publicly, but I am an introvert in an extrovert profession. Yeah. you're not probably you, the, the, the <laughs> same. Go ahead. I want. Yeah, I, I want great. to ask you about about that because I. As a pastor, you have to interact with people, yeah. and I love people. God yeah, knows I yeah. do. But there's times when I just like to be with me, yeah. and, and, and I was wondering, is that, your, is that your forte as well?
1: It really is. Most people see me, and the first thing they want to talk about is his charisma
0: mm-hmm. and
1: interacting with people. And like you, on, on a good day, uh, they say I'm moody. <laughs> I'm moody. But, but, but I, I really enjoy it, like you said. I want Like tonight, I really want to be all in the middle right. of, with everybody mm-hmm. carrying on. Mm-hmm. I know the restrictions that we right. have. That's number one. Mm-hmm. But soon as that's over, I could very easily live locked up in a room mm-hmm. with a book, mm-hmm. reading and taking notes. Mm-hmm. And that's a side of me that people who only know me know that right and uh and i have to say that to people sometimes mm-hmm. i'm not trying to not right. do that i mm-hmm. just and i think the other thing that happens too you spend so much time with people right you crave for the time that you can right. be by yourself right because again as you said i'm in a vocation i'm an introvert in a extrovert vocation mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm i can be extrovert when i need to but mm-hmm. if i if i i could do it all just right there mm-hmm. in this one little spot mm-hmm. and don't have to bother. With <laughs> I, I well, I can not explain why you and I <laughs> right, can sit down you get along for, uh, for an hour and don't say nothing. You say, I thought you really y'all was could.
0: going to fellowship. Say, so, yeah. <laughs> That's when yeah. you know you're a close yeah. friend. Yeah. You can sit down for an hour and not say a word, yeah. and that'd be the best I said, conversation in your life. I'll see you later. <laughs> I don't remember sermons well, particularly my own sermons. Yeah. But what yeah. are some of the great sermons that you remember just over the year? I'm like you. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> um, uh, one
1: of them that I I always enjoyed preaching was a little sermon I did called uh, "Don't Take God's Grace for Granted." Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that is my senior sermon text, okay. the Parable of the Barren Fig Tree. Mm-hmm. And so I've been preaching that text, I mean, multiple ways uh, since 1981. Mm-hmm. And so I've used that text, especially when we had big crisis, Sandy Hook or mm-hmm. uh, some kind of, evolved, I didn't do it this time, but those kind of situations, right. uh, Aurora, Colorado, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always, or even even when uh, being on the Gulf Coast, different storms mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's, that's one of them uh, that I remember. I would have to think about that right. some, you know, right. I'm, I'm, it's, it's something that I favor. Right. Uh, but one of the things that I never wanted to be, TK, is a one-hit wonder. I right. didn't want to preach uh, where when somebody heard me preach, they had heard me preach. Right. Um, right. So I so I don't have any sticks, mm-hmm. you know, where you say, well, mm-hmm. he's going to preach one of these right. lines. Right. or tell one of these five stories mm-hmm. I don't I don't have that okay and uh, which sometimes you know it works and sometimes <laughs> it don't you know <laughs> and those of us who really lean into the art of preaching we want it to work right you know we right. want people we want God to receive the glory mm-hmm. I, I wish people would tell the truth about things like right. that. want them to receive the glory I, I want to give my best may all my power be engaged through the masters will. But at the same time, that as that artist, you you want it, right. you want it to shine right. and polish, right. and sometimes it doesn't, you know. <laughs> but I would rather, I would rather fall flat trying to sound right. uh, authentic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. so, there you go, right. and, and sound uh, and, and sound yourself. an authentic note mm-hmm. versus every time you hear it, it's like, where have you heard them? Right. You you've right. heard them, you know. I right. think of certain people that's like that. It's mm-hmm. just. A, the genre doesn't change the way that they approach right. a text. Right. You know, stories told different from mm-hmm. epistolatory material, mm-hmm. and I always enjoy and I hear people who really work at it. I mean, they're working at mm-hmm. it and working at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy
0: that. How do you see the post-pandemic church as opposed to pre-pandemic church? Um, new mission field. Mm-hmm.
1: New mission field. I-, I wish I could say that we are winning. At this particular time, if you're talking compared to then to now, mm-hmm. man, we're we, we not doing good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people say, but yeah, man, but you got uh, this many people here on Sunday. You mm-hmm. know, they say, well, you got 2,000 people. You say, right. yeah, but two years ago, I had 10,000 right. people in person. Right. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for the children and the youth, I'd be mm-hmm. in a lot of trouble. You know, <laughs> thank God for the babies. You know, <laughs> and I really was. I was depressed. I, well, I'm just. I'm, I shouldn't say depressed. I don't function like that. Mm-hmm. I, I was. I was disappointed. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. And then on uh, when the children were going back to school, uh, we do every year. You know, our time of prayer for the children and youth. Mm-hmm. And when I saw how many of them were there, it really gave me. Um, it gave me hope for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the church, right. and uh, and and I love God's people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned a lot, but you know, I'm I'm just kind of meandering mm-hmm. now. But but what I see is a new mission field, right? Uh, for me, and I think probably I speak for a lot of Absolutely. other people Absolutely. that we're saying, hey, man, we mm-hmm. we there are some things I won't compromise on, and yet at the same time, are right. things that you have to right.
0: do. You know. Finally, what would the 63-year-old Ralph West, say to the 18-year-old Ralph West.
1: Yeah, you know, T, I've been asked that a couple of times. I didn't know how to respond, but I got the answer for it now. Mm -hmm. One of them, I I would say to young Ralph West, take your studies more serious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Learn everything that you can for the preparation of ministry. Mm -hmm. That would be one of the things I really would do. Mm-hmm. Another one would be live more in the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, memorize more scripture, memorize more hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the that is the field that you work in. Mm-hmm. Know it all, mm-hmm. you know, know it all. Mm-hmm. And, and and then then I think the last thing would probably be you know depend and trust on God mm-hmm. more. Um, I'm learning how to do that new and different now. Mm-hmm. I've always thought I did, right. but but not the way it is now. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, because I because <laughs> I don't, you know, and because it's not just people, it's everything, ministry, right. stewardship, mm-hmm. everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and then when you think about our church will be 35 years old this month, mm-hmm. you know, and you sit down and you say, Man, for 33 of those 35 years, anything that we asked for, we just were able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, literally, I right. mean, you know, uh, be here for this. And mm-hmm. they would just pile in for anything. Right. Man, I almost have to lay
0: on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different world. Yeah.
1: Right? And, you know, and, and please say, right. could you please do this? Right. You
0: know? mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's what I would tell well, I appreciate yeah, well. that. Doc. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Call to Joy podcast. Look forward to talking to you again next time. God bless you.